Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into RRSN10 for Thursday, February 25th. I am RC Maxfield alongside Brandon Solis. Brandon, how you doing, man? Doing good. Seems like this week has been kind of dragging, honestly, uh, to me here. But we're here at the home stretch heading to the weekend. But another quiet day for uh, the Red Raiders. As uh, Casey Cowan would say, my uh, 100.7 The Score counterpart, um, happy Little Friday, a.k.a. Thursday. Um, again, like Brandon said, not much going on, but let's recap what happened yesterday in Texas Tech Athletics and then I'll look forward to really the only athletic event on campus. Well, that involves a campus team because they're not on campus. But let's first talk about the Lady Raiders as they went up to the Little Apple and lost in a heartbreaker honestly the score doesn't do it justice they lost by seven to the wildcats 86 79 but it was a career night for one lady raider and that was Najee murray who scored a season high 26 points on a career high eight threes to go along with five rebounds four assists and a pair of steals um only one of Murray's eight threes were just short of, well, she was just short of the school record. That is nine. Um, and of course, Vivian Gray was outstanding as well with her 12th game of 20 or more points. She had 24.6 rebounds, four assists and two steals. And then Lexi Gordon also had double figure points total in terms of 12, four rebounds and an assist. Um, the Lady Raiders, had 11 threes, which tied a season high, and also had 23 assists, which was um, one short of a season high as well. So, so close for Coach Gerlich to get another quality win on the road. I know that um, Kansas State is just now 2-12 and 12 in the Big 12, but mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you got to know where this program is and what it's trying to build towards, and even a win on the road like that against a um, – lower team in the big 12 would have been big time for coach Gerlich. Yeah. You know, and you still got uh five out of 12 in the big 12. Um, you're sitting at 10 and 13 here into the late into the season. And, you know, you're having career nights out of these, uh, out of these women, out of these lady Raiders, which is a, a sight to see, especially for Vivian Gray, just automatically being a, you know, plug in kind of transfer. And she's already, you know, making, making some name here at Texas tech and, uh, you know, Lexi Gordon always been a big fan of hers and just really hope the future, you know, is as bright as it may seem for the lady Raiders and coach can get it turned around over there. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of been loss after loss in the hardwood here lately. And, uh, he's yeah. kind of got to pick it up, you know? Yeah. I, th I was listening to, um, red Raider, uh, TV today. And I think it was the episode yesterday actually with, um, level and AD, and if they win on Saturday against Texas, the men's team, it'll be exactly three weeks since the last time that they've won a basketball game due to the, you know, weather and the COVID uh -huh. issues and stuff like that, that they've had to deal with from other teams. But um, on the Lady Raiders side, they had that quality win against Kansas, came back Vivian Gray with 38 points. But uh -huh. I mean, you love the way that Coach uh, Gerlich is really building the program. The results aren't quite there yet but you can feel that momentum changing and you have a, a McDonald's all American coming in next year for that program. And you're going to lose Vivian gray, probably to the WNBA. And as you should, she could potentially be a first round pick in the WNBA and she's fighting to be big 12 player of the year. Um, she won't get it just because of the team success. Um, 
but she's going to be first team all big 12. And it's just exciting to see that the lady Raiders are slowly moving towards being that program that people are so accustomed to seeing when it comes to lady Raider basketball, it's going to take a minute, Yeah, but you can tell that they're on the right path and just got to stay patient. And I don't know if you'd rather have anybody else at the helm other than uh, Krista Gerlich right now, if you're Texas tech on the guy side, there was um, some news uh, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame has announced that uh, Texas Tech sophomore Terrence Shannon Jr. is one of five finalists for the 2021 Julius Irving Small Forward of the Year Award. Uh, the other five finalists include Corey Crispert from Gonzaga, Isaiah Livers from Michigan, Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers, Sam Hauser from Virginia. Uh, when you look at Shannon, he's coming off of an 18-point performance against Oklahoma State and is now averaging 13 points, 4.7 rebounds per game. Um, obviously had the season high down in LSU in that thriller where Tech went on a crazy run in the final minute and a half there. Um, and he also recorded his first double-double in that game as well. But real quick, I know this is a little off and I want to give volleyball their time too, but not much to talk about today. So I figured why not? We were talking about talking about this on the forum actually. Um, when uh, Ben posted about the scholarships and how long they last for certain players, uh, Brandon, do you think Terrence Shannon leaves this year? I think he does. I don't think he should, personally. Really? I think he can take another step forward in his game. Um, you know, because I had a lot of people asking me once this award came out and stuff, uh, their top 10 or top five at least. And uh, they were kind of just like, wow, how I didn't expect him to kind of you know make it past that because a lot of people have harped on his on his bad play um and they don't see that he's averaging you know double digit scoring for you and then mac mcclung kind of you know takes some of the shine off of him and the ankle injury you know and it's just all that stuff piled on top of tj but i think if he were to come back it would just benefit him more obviously you're scared with injury how how is his ankle you know but um i think he might just take his take his moment and maybe you know shoot for that nba or maybe at least put his name in there and see where he sits and then go from there yeah i i would actually be kind of surprised if he is a red raider next year just because i think mm -hmm. um when you have a guy where and in my opinion he's a for sure first round pick i'm not saying he's a lottery pick but i think he's probably in that 12 to 24 range um yeah and if you're in that 12 to 24 range, and again, I agree with you in the sense that he should put his name in there to see where he is. And if that isn't where he is, he should come back. But yeah, I think inevitably that that's where he's going to be um, evaluated by certain teams and everything is he's going to be between 12 and 24. Um, and that's life changing money. I mean, just oh, yeah. absolutely life changing money. And you have to take it um, if you're Terrence Shannon. And I, I think, again, too, I think one thing that tech fans are guilty of as well as just really fans in general. And just, I mean, this is just a people thing. We put expectations on people that probably they shouldn't have, right? Yeah. Prime example, Kyler Edwards. We thought he was going to take monumental steps and he just hasn't done it. And that's okay. I mean, Kyler Edwards is what he is and he's a solid basketball player. He's just not that Keenan Evans that we thought he was going to be, um, you know, down the road, but on the Terrence Shannon front, I think he's done everything and more that people have asked him to do. He's improved his shot. He's improved his defense. He's improved his ball handling. It just kind of sucks that you're not going to get to see his full potential because of this nagging ankle injury that he's had 
from the jump, basically. I mean, you got to remember, he's had this ankle injury since training camp, um, and he's just fighting through it. Um, it was similar to Kevin McCuller, just not to the same degree. It wasn't a high ankle sprain. It's just a nagging one. And, I mean, he's still producing. And I'll say this, too, if I'm being honest. I know I'm putting some high praise on Terrence Shannon right now. It's also a really bad year in college basketball for small forwards, if we're being honest about it. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of great talent there. Most no. of the great talent is in, you know, the point guard and the center positions or power forwards. But still, I mean, I think right now, if you had to ask me who wins that award, it's going to be Corey Crispert from Gonzaga absolute mm-hmm. stud. Um, but I think Terrence should be in that name uh, or in that discussion, I should say, but um, definitely probably deserves to end up being fifth in the conversation. But again, just to be in that conversation is it says a lot about what he's doing on a bum ankle in um, current Texas tech news in terms of on the field, or in this case, I guess on the court, Texas tech volleyball will start its spring slate on Thursday. They will go down to uh Houston, after a two-month break from competition, the 2021 volleyball season continues on Thursday and Friday for the Red Raiders as they have a pair of matches down in Houston against the Cougars. Their spring opener is set for Thursday at 3 p.m., and then on Friday they will play at 6 p.m. There will be no fans in attendance for this. You can stream it live on the U of H volleyball page actually so it'll be completely free now the red raiders will be without a trio of key players as fall seniors um, emerson solano and allison blouse um, elected not to compete in the spring season and sophomore katie boyer is recovering from injury but texas tech does bring back its top three kill artist in samantha saunders caitlin dugan and brooke canis um houston was in a weird situation they um didn't play in the fall. They're seven and one. They started in January, um, but they play in the American West Conference and they actually lead it right now. Do the Cougars and crazy enough. I mean, if you pay attention to tech volleyball at all, you know, tech volleyball has kind of not been a great program ever. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> actually, I mean, coach Tony Greystone is the best coach in program history and he's just trying to fight and get it back to average. And I mean, I think that says a lot about the program and what he's doing right now. Because he's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, they didn't uh, not too long ago. They made the NIT of volleyball, right? They did like, with yeah. uh, Coach Greystone. Yep. Yeah. So that's some positive, at least. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the history of volleyball. It is yeah. um, anything but positive at Texas Tech. Um, a couple of winless seasons in Big 12 play. But the, Ra- the Red Raiders um, have won their last two matchups against the Cougars. And again, that will be tomorrow at 3 p.m. And you can watch that on the U of H Volleyball Facebook page. If you go to texastech.com and the volleyball page, they have a link on there to make it easy for you so you don't have to go searching for that. But really nothing else going on. I mean, tomorrow we'll have quite a bit to talk about as we got to preview the whole weekend as Texas Tech baseball welcomes in the Huskies of Houston Baptist. We got the Big 12 track and field tournament. On campus, softball heads up to Fayetteville to play in the Razorback Invitational. Um, quite a bit going on, and I didn't even mention men's basketball. As they're set to play the number 14 Longhorns on Saturday. But for Brandon, I'm RC. Appreciate y'all listening to RRSN10. As always, you know to get the latest Texas Tech athletics news at RedRaiderSports.com. We'll be back same time tomorrow because you can listen to us anytime because we're in your podcast feed. Be sure to subscribe and give five stars. And again. This was Red Raider Sports in 10.